Salutations, possums. I got Ombre Vendor, Mr. Billy Mansell in the studio today, and myself, Joe. Follow me, OP Joe, two E's. We're going to talk some underdog stacks today and some just general news that's going on. So, I mean, let's break right into it. Uh, DK Metcalf got freaking paid today. Um, paid, Joe. Paid. And paid. while this is not going to be a great year for DK, as far as like, you know, the quarterback situation is not good. Geno Smith, meh. But DK in general, this is, you know, this is just breathing room for him. You know, he got yep. the largest guaranteed like signing bonus up front uh, ever. So that is very important for him to, you know, stash underneath the table. But yeah, DK Metcalf, no need to worry this year, bud. You're paid. Yeah. You got this. Now we, we know Pete Carroll does not believe in a rebuild and he's just plugging right along like he's not even in one. But what this does do solidifies a true alpha receiver for the Seahawks for the foreseeable future. So when they, I mean, Geno Smith's the one taking first team reps right now. So. Yeah, sad times. Know. I mean, there's an opportunity maybe for them to trade for Jimmy G if they if they really want to try to make something happen here. But I don't know why Seattle would trade him there, or why San Francisco would trade him there. And at the same time, Seattle, I don't, you know, if you're in a rebuild, Jimmy G's not really good for a rebuild. I think he is a competent quarterback that could yeah. actually help them win a little bit too many games this season. Well, we've heard Carroll say they're not in a rebuild, so. Sign Jimmy G and just plow right on through it. You know, you you have two big names on defense, two on offense. Uh, you know, let's see uh, see what we can put together here. But yeah. no, good for him. He got his money. Um, he definitely deserves it. And if they can lock him up with a true quarterback, that'll be awesome. But in fantasy, I, you can take the flyer right now that they're going to sign someone. But rolling with DK Metcalf as your wide receiver one, which is, you know, Hopefully not what you're doing, but hopefully he's a wide receiver too for you. But it's it makes me nervous. Risky. You know who this helps out the most, Joe? And that's Mr. Debo Samuel in the Bay Area. It does. My man, my man just saw the dollar signs pop in his eyes from what this contract did for DK Metcalf. Debo Samuel should be approaching the 49ers with like, hey, nothing less than that, yeah. by the way. So yeah, I, we'll I just think the longer this goes on, the more the 49ers are just gonna shoot themselves in the foot. With, with the whole Debo thing. I agree. Yeah. 100%. Lose it or lose it, man. That's that's my motto. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> but shit, how about this uh, This next one? We got a report that uh, they took the independent study clause out of Kyler's contract. All right. I have I have a thousand thoughts about I this. I thought you way. did. That's why I wanted to bring okay. it up. There, I just, there's a couple. We haven't really got to expand on this in the OP show because, like, you know, with the vision previews, we've kind of had to just fly through the news. So we didn't really talk about Kyler Murray, but okay. So I just, just going to break this down from a macro level, Joe, a break it down. Why would the Cardinals leak this out that they gave their franchise quarterback, this gigantic contract, but then, you know, slip in there about this clause. Why initially would you do that? Why would you give him the trusted amount of money that they gave him but then sneak in a little backhanded spot there at the end. Like nobody else, I, you know, we could have like many contracts out there for plenty of quarterbacks. Like, you know, Baker Mayfield, for example, could have like, don't eat ice cream sandwiches after 6 p.m. Like th that could be in his contract. We would never hear about it. So why did we hear about this one 
minuscule part of Kyler Murray's contract, Joe. What what do you think is going think, on there? Who do you think that, that was uh, Cliff's agent just sliding that in there, saying like, "Hey, if this season falls apart, it's because Kyler didn't study. It's not the horrible coaching job." I I don't know because <laughs> I feel like it's the Cardinals at the at the same yeah. time. I feel like they put it in there. Um, and this gets me to my other point about Kyler Murray is that I don't think they understand video games. If this was like, okay, Joe, if, if Kyler Murray spent as much time playing golf or one of these other kind of activity, leisure activities like that, I don't think anybody would think a second thing about it. Like, but the fact that he plays video games and streams on Twitch, I think old men don't really understand that a whole lot. I think that they're kind of a little biased against, you know, that kind of leisure activity. He's not out there doing something that's going to physically hurt him. So I think they put that contract clause in there just to kind of, I don't know, make it seem like he's not doing, you know, the studying outside of the football field. But I I think they just don't understand, you know, the younger kids nowadays. Video games are kind of like playing golf. It's just an activity to get away from your job, basically. Well, my job is golf, so I take that shit very well, seriously. Well, okay, fair enough, Joe. You may <laughs> you may be the wrong person to talk about that, you know, that example with. But I just I I don't think it's as big of a deal because like here's the thing. What if he doesn't study 4 hours a week? Are they going to void his contract? Are you, like are they serious? You don't think another team out there is going to give him some kind of big contract? Yeah. Um, like it, if I was Kyler, I'd be like, "Okay, I'll call your bluff. I'm going to study 3 hours." And 54 minutes. What are you going to do? Are you going you gonna to fire me? Well, the fascinating thing is we did have the rumor earlier this offseason that Marquise Brown was going to retire to game full time. <laughs> to be a professional so gamer, content creator. I think now that he's in the house in Arizona, they're like, you know, we got to put the damper on this video game stuff or uh, we're going to lose our quarterback here to some stupid stuff. I, I guess so. I'm just, I'm so confused why this got out. Yeah, like yeah. I know that like Adam Schefter just put on Twitter that they are have got done away with that addendum in the contract, but why put it in there anyway? Like in the first know, place, why was it in there? It's like, like getting a promotion while you're under a performance review, which doesn't exactly. make sense to begin with. But you it's know. it's re- I don't know, man. I, I just I'm never really gonna fully understand what this was about, and just to put that on your quarterback who should be celebrating literally getting this contract should be out there. Like your entire fan base should just be doing cartwheels about how they now have a franchise quarterback locked up for the the future. You know, you've got your entire future planned, but now everybody on any like ESPN or wherever, all they're talking about is okay. Kyler Murray's not focused on football. Like that's all that they're talking about. And the Cardinals did that, not Kyler Murray. It's not like Kyler Murray put that in there. So why they would do this to him, I'm really not sure. I, I know that all PR is not is good PR, but this is just really taking away from what is most people's and Kyler Murray's. This will probably be his biggest contract he ever signs. Yeah. And to take away from that with this addendum and this little that little piece of it, even though that it's gone now, but ever it's you know you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Like everybody now thinks that he doesn't care about football at some level at least. It's just it's bizarre. To return to your old man theory, um, I mean, they could have seen this as an opportunity to give him a kick in the ass to say, hey, this is your, this is what you have to do to really take the next step and produce for us. But 
I don't know, man. It's uh, it's Kyler Murray. I'm not completely sold on him as a quarterback. I don't think anyone should I mean, me be. me neither, but this But this they, they kind of had to pay him what they paid him because they have no other option here. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I well, know. okay. Yeah, and, and that's another thing, Joe. Literally, they, they got rid of Josh Rosen. I mean, not like that was a bad call, but they did that and brought in Kyler Murray, like, you know, first-round pick and then another first-round pick, first time we'd ever seen that. And then to do this with the frame, it's just, I don't know, man. Do I think the Cardinals are a great organization? I really don't. I really thought Kyler Murray was going to just bounce after this year. And to see that that organization did that to him makes that all the more like, Kyler, maybe you should have left, my man. Like, I get it, and I probably couldn't turn down that contract if it was $240 million staring me in the face. But I don't know, man. To be disrespected by your workplace immediately after you sign it, it's just no. really hard for me to be on board with that behavior. Yeah, who knows, man? It's uh, it's definitely something to monitor um, going forward because you know there's going to be more drama down the line here. This is kind of seeming to be like a Baker and Cleveland sort of situation here. Weirdly, this it doesn't yeah. even feel like it should be. Literally, Joe, they started out the season like what eight and oh, nine and oh last year. Yeah. And we considered them the best team in football at one point last season. Um, just for this to be the way that it's gone now is just really weird. Either really way, weird. a lot of people getting paid. You know Debo's watching. You know Lamar Jackson's watching. Lamar Jackson him. is on the hunt, I would assume. He came out today and said there will definitely be a line drawn. He's not just going to go play like this. Is He's not getting paid, so – yeah, that's definitely a situation to monitor here. And, you know, those agents are working overtime right now. So one thousand percent. All right, Joe, don't we don't want to hijack why we're here. Um, no. So underdog stacks. Yes. Guys, if you're not playing underdog, underdog you need to be. I just did a draft the other day watching TV, and it's probably my favorite team I've drafted this year. So hopefully I get that milli or two milli, whatever it is at the end of the year in the puppy there. Yes, one. I, I 100% agree. I, I I have at least one. I think I have two rosters in the, that puppy, so I'm yeah. hopeful. Go get you one. Sign up. Use our code. It's on our link tree. You can get some uh, some good dollar matches there. So jumping into stacks in Underdog. Um, stacks are a great way to score extra points. So you can really vault you above other teams for the week if everything falls correctly. Now, me personally, I do not like the high-end stacks in best ball. I see a lot of people doing it, the Mahomes, Kelsey's, and all that stuff. I want my studs to operate independently of one another. We've seen weather, scheduling, and just general nonsense disrupt even the most highest or high-powered offenses in the league here. So I like drafting my studs and then pairing them for the added bonus of a monster game that it could generate late in the draft. So without further ado, I'm going to start off with one of my favorites right now. It's Matty Stafford who is going as quarterback 12 right now, 93 overall. And Allen Robinson, who is wide receiver 23, 48 overall in your drafts. I mean, we love Cooper Cup, but we do realize that Allen Robinson is still only 28 years old. I hollered this on our podcast the other day, but he's still only 28 years old. He is in the prime of his career, and he's got a very studly quarterback. So Woods and OBJ accounted for 124 targets in this offense last year. <laughs> Van Jefferson at 89. So let's just assume that he eats into Jefferson's targets a little bit. 140 plus targets for a player that finished 2019 and 2020 at wide receiver eight and nine, respectively. He averaged 152 targets those two years in Chicago, playing with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. 
Safford threw for 41 touchdowns and almost 5,000 yards last year. That's second and third most, respectively. This is a value match from the fantasy gods, Billy, and I am absolutely taking that this year. I agree 100%. And then you can even back that up with what they're doing in training camp right now. It appears that they are quickly trying to get him, you know, into the offense, trying to quick, and he is nailing every test they throw at him at training camp right now, given it's only been a couple of days. So, you know, it is cool camp news ish, but you know, we heard the camp news of the breakfast club last year and we didn't really buy into it then. So now it's kind of like, you know, we're having like a second, uh, you know, a second thing happening here with Allen Robinson and I'm going to have to buy in. I mean, literally they like what OBJ was to the end of the last season for them. I think Allen Robinson is going to exceed that by a mile because First of all, in my opinion, Allen Robinson's a better receiver than Odell Beckham Jr. And Absolutely. for that one reason alone, I think that not only is he going to cut into Van Jefferson's share, but Cooper Cup is not to sustainably do what Cooper Cup did last season. It it would be unheard of. So a couple of those targets to a trusted receiver like Allen Robinson is going to mean massive things for him. And to get him at wide receiver twenty three, I mean. It's a match made in heaven, Joe. Like, like you it said, really like is. It. it really is. I just, I love it. I'm getting it everywhere. Guys, side sidebar here. I just said it, but Allen Robinson is 28 years old. He was pissed off at the Bears last year. They disrespected him. That's why he had a down season. He He's going off this year. So look for the services of Allen Robinson. If you're in Dynasty, you can probably buy him for cheaper than he deserves to be because people are so worried about his age, because it feels like he's been in the league for 38 years. But he's only 28, so he wasn't even born then. That's all I got. Yeah, fair (laughs) enough, fair enough, fair enough. All right, moving along here, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers is QB 13, going at 106, and Aaron Jones is RB 9, going at 17 overall. The pack definitely has one of the easier schedules, they do it is peppered with some monster opportunity games here. We have Buffalo, Tampa, Philly, and we know that there are 224 vacated targets from last season. Do we really think that Aaron Rodgers is going to trust Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Christian Watson with that type of workload? I don't think so. So Aaron Jones, in my opinion, has a case to finish RB1 this year. He had 65 targets last year, and I can see that number well over a hundred this year. Jones was also 50th in the league last year with 13 red zone targets. Without Adams there, who had a whopping 31 red zone targets, we could see top 20 in red zone targets for Aaron Jones as the pack tries to make do without their studly receivers. So, Billy, how do you feel about that one? No, I agree. I agree completely. Um, I think that Aaron Jones being there fills the void at wide receiver that they don't have currently. And I think that he and A.J. Dillon are going to be on the field a lot more than people are given, like, the thought of right now. I think the thought people are having is, like, is it Aaron Jones or is it – what the hell? <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> My dog's really excited about this, the Green Bay Packers this season. Anyway, if you have – people are thinking it's either A.J. Dillon or it's Aaron Jones. Why not both? Like I think that that you can see that a lot more used being both usable players every week this season. I think they're closer to like a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb situation than they are like, you know, either or like I think both of them are going to be usable this year. And I think Aaron Jones 
could easily break some types of receiving records for a running back because while he does like while Aaron, Aaron Rodgers does trust uh, Alan Lazard and their friendship is something that you know we all hope to have one day. I, I don't see that that him being the wide receiver one for this entire season. Christian Watson is currently a little bit injured and banged up in training camp right now, so he's not even going to get a chance to really work with Aaron a whole lot. I just think this means Aaron Jones you know, to the moon in the receiving category, and I think both Dylan Jones you can you can draft both and they can both play and you will be completely fine this year. I, I think DFS this is going to be a smart stack early in the season because they're going to one of them is going to be cheap or they're both going to be cheap, and I think you're going to be able to stack those two and make a lot of money. You speak my language, Billy, because I have a note on my phone here <laughs> for week one daily plays, and Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers are on that list. So. I can imagine. Yeah, I'm going to strike it while the iron's cool and uh, and take advantage of that before those prices skyrocket. So my last one for you guys today, I'm you know, unless Billy's got somebody wants to throw in. We I just got have one. Brandon bro. Cooks. What's up? I just have one, but we'll get to okay. it. Okay. All right. So we got Brandon Cooks, who's currently going to wide receiver 25 and 53 overall, and pairing him with Davis Mills, which is QB 29, 203 overall. Is it a surprise to you guys that Houston is going to suck? <laughs> no. My boy Lovey Smith will make them feisty, but that defense is not going to put up much of a fight there. Their secondary was dead last in the NFL last year, and they're going to run into a buzzsaw of high-powered offenses this year. That means garbage time, hero worship for years truly. Cooks was wide receiver 16 last year, and Mills averaged 280 passing yards per game in four of his last five last year, so he finally hit his stride there. You could do far worse than snagging Mills in the 17th round to pair with Cooks, I, I love Cooks this year, so I'm telling everyone to draft him, and pairing him with his quarterback is not a bad idea in case one of those games just goes nuts there. But then, on top of all of this, we had the horrible news this week that John Mechie has the illness, and he's not going to play this season. So that puts even more on Brandon Cooks' plate. Now, we have Brevin Jordan there. We have Nico Collins. We got Damian Pierce, Rex Burkhead. None of them are anywhere near the caliber of player that Brandon Cooks is. So... He is a high, high-end wide receiver, too, for me in redraft, in dynasty. I know he's up there. You can <clears throat> trade for him. But he is also, on my week one daily fantasy plays, get you some Brandon Cooks and pair him with Davis Mills. I agree. Um, I think the disrespect for Brandon Cooks has gone way too long, and it's continued this year, apparently. So, um, yes, the Mechie news is sad, but honestly, that just leaves the you know those targets that he was going to get, and he was going to get quite a few open for Brandon Cooks. I mean, Bre yeah, Brevin Jordan's going to take some targets away, sure, but outside of that, you're going to have a lot of weeks where there's going to be no name wide receivers catching touchdowns you've never heard of. Um, but the one consistent player on the team, and that that's this is the one offensive player that you can trust, um, is Brandon Cooks, and. I think that there's a lot of people sleeping on him um, because the Texans aren't going to be good this year. But honestly, we've seen in the past bad teams lead to fantasy points. And Cooks is going to be the guy that 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 benefits from that. Um, maybe some other receiver will come out of nowhere on this team. Uh, but with Mechie not being there, who I thought was going to be solidify himself as the wide receiver too for Houston, I you know I think it's kind of just a mm, year. And Cooks is not trying to waste any time in his career, so. He's yeah. not going to be taking it slowly. 
I just want to throw something out there. You start off your draft with, uh, let's call it Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Swift, Allen Robinson, Brandon Cooks, and Dalton Schultz there. Ooh, that'd be a hell of a start to a team. Get your RB2 later. I love that one. So another sidebar here. Billy, Evie's a Packers fan now? Um, You know, I didn't know that. But whenever we started talking about Green Bay, she really perked up. So, yeah. okay. I don't know how I feel having a Packers fan in my house, but, you know, here we are. Didn't yeah. uh, didn't think that's how my life was going to go, but whatever. Well, might fine. be fighting with your dog sometime, but. <laughs> well, I'll let her know that uh, awesome. for sure. Um, can, yeah. Can I throw out a bonus yeah. one that I Let's think, yours, right, I think. Right now, it's dirt cheap, but I think by the time training champ's over, it's not going to be dirt cheap anymore because it's kind of the best-kept secret. And that's Jared Goff and DJ Chark. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chark is really impressing uh, the Lions staff in camp. He's been moving all over the field to start out with, which I think is a very good use for him. Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown is going to be out there. Not going to have to worry about that. Amon Ra is going to be out there in the slot. He's going to be doing his work there. TJ Hawkinson, tight end. Still not going to be a deep threat or any kind of like deep crossing routes. That's all going to be Chark's territory. Uh, Jamison Williams is out for, I would think, at least six weeks. But I I mean, that's just a cautious six weeks, I think. I think they're going to put him on the pup and then we'll try it again. And well, I think it's only four weeks for the pup this year. But I can see him it going into November by the time we, we maybe see Jamison Williams come back. But for, for the start, I think Chark is the guy. So Chark is going uh, 153. Overall, wide receiver 70, um, so basically free for all intents yeah. and purposes. Um, and then golf is going as quarterback uh, 26, uh, 189 overall. So let's just go through the weapons for the Lions. I kind of did this on our Lions podcast, but I just feel like we need to go over it one more time. So the, so Jared Goff has TJ Hawkinson, DJ Chark, uh, Swift, and um, Amon Ross St. Brown. And then he's going to get Jamison Williams back. What am I missing about this pass catching core that everybody else seems to be so down about? Because Jared Goff is not a bad quarterback. I know that he wasn't what Sean McVay thought he was going to be for the Rams. Like I get that he didn't get to that level, but a little disrespectful, right? He's not even a super flex starter right now for some people. So I just think that's kind of ridiculous. And I think the season, DJ Chark, I mean, is going to be a, a guy that's very heavily used in this offense all over the field. And this is a dirt cheap combo that you can put on any of your underdog teams. And when we get to DFS, believe me, I will be stashing him in quite a few lineups. Dude, I absolutely love that. Um, Jared Goff, I mean, he he put up points, man. He was never a bad point quarterback in fantasy. And you're right. He has – you can make an argument they have one of the best – weapons groups in the league very easily especially when Jamison Williams comes back because I thought he I mean he was my favorite wide receiver going into the draft so mm-hmm. you put him out there you get him on Rod Chark Hawkinson Swift it's that's deadly man that is absolutely deadly they are going to be throwing a lot too because that defense has a lot to make up so I love that one man I'm glad you well, if you think about it, they're playing like the Vikings twice Vikings have a bad secondary. Uh, Seahawks, questionable whether they're going to be trying to win or not. Um, uh, even so much as like, Joe, I'm sorry, but your Bears, um, I think you're going to be able to put some fantasy points up against the Bears. 
Uh, Is Evie telling it. you to say that right now? Play, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's over on the couch just <laughs> holding up a sign. Uh, but, you know, I just think that the Lions are going to be in a lot of favorable matchups this year. I guess that's how I'll put it. They'll be in a lot of favorable matchups this year. So I think that the Lions, if they can iron out some of the flaws they had last season with the uh, the choke ability of the team, I think that this could be a good team for yeah. fantasy. And I wasn't on the Lions pod with you last week, but I'm just now looking at their schedule. <laughs> wow. There could be a lot of monster fantasy games in here. That is yeah. an easy schedule. That and is. DJ Chark is going as 153, Joe. He's free. Crazy. He's a freebie. Just thrown in. Yeah. You don't and even have to pay in, for him. We saw him in 2019 just light it up. I yeah, and he, he was pretty good with Trevor Lawrence last year before he got hurt, given it was only three games, but he wasn't not usable. Um, so I think people forgot about him, and they're getting, they're forgetting about him now. And by the end of your draft, if you end up with DJ Chark, I think he's going to return uh, quite a bit on your investment there, and you're going to be happy with uh, what you did. Because Amon Ross St. Brown's getting the, the pub, but I think DJ Chark, by the end of training camp, is going to be the guy that everybody's like, hey, you know, he's still good at football. So I don't know. I'm, I'm heavy on the lines this year. I think they're going to surprise. Yeah, man, I, I'm very uh, – you're, you're wooing me over on them pretty good. And, I mean, and then uh, you could even get TJ Atkinson in the eighth round, and that would be a triple stack. Yeah. That would be pretty mean right stack. there because I do think Hawks can have his best season yet. So. Yeah. I mean, Jared Goff can only check like check it down to so many people. I mean, well, somebody's got to go deep at some point, and then I think Chark could be that guy. Chark is that guy. Man, I love that one. Guys – we got some really good stacks for you. Go out there if you got some that uh, that you guys like. Hit us up on Twitter. You can follow us at Offensive Points or the IDP Army, and uh, just let us know what you're thinking. And uh, we want to hear from you. We will be at the Expo in two weeks, so we're very excited about that. If you guys are going to be in Canton, please come over to the booth. We're going to have some fun stuff, some giveaways, just some general hangout time, and uh, we're going to have some underdog drafts going on at the booth too. So come draft with us. Yes, come find us in Canton. We'll we'll buy you a beer, a limited amount, but we will we'll buy some people beers if they come find us at some of the Canton bars. Yeah, we're gonna get the uh, the real cheap beer, but you can have one with us. <laughs> exactly. Hey, if somebody that's watching this right now or listening to this right now actually comes up and says, "Hey, can you buy me a beer?" I'll do it. Sure. I'll buy you whatever beer you want. Honestly, there you go. There yeah. you go. All right, Joe. Guys, it's been fun, and we look forward to talking to you soon. We're going to have some more of these popping up throughout the season. We're going to be getting into our draft content, all that stuff. So be on the lookout. Big things coming. Good night.